This is Sustainable-ish with me, Jen Gale, and it is great to have you here. Listen in each week and I hope I can brighten up your day and leave you feeling inspired and excited about the magnificent human being that you are and the power that you have to create a better world. You won't find any expectations of eco-warrior perfection here. There's no obligatory tree hugging. You won't be judged if you drive a car, wear leather shoes or eat the odd pack of Haribo every now and then. I'll be sharing my own gems of wisdom for sustainable-ish living and I also relentlessly scour the internet for people doing amazing things to tackle the big environmental issues that we're facing and I hound them until they agree to come on and inspire us all with their fabulousness and the positive change that they're making. So sit back, listen in and get ready to change the world one baby step at a time. Hello, welcome to another episode of Sustainable-ish. Huge apologies for the impromptu break. Half term meant having the kids roaring around in the background, which doesn't really make for great podcasting and inevitably I wasn't organised enough to be a week ahead. And then I spent all of last week doing a recording of another type. I was holed up in a soundproof booth recording the audiobook of the Sustainable-ish Living Guide, which is my book that is coming out in January. I slightly naively thought that this would be a piece of cake, having hosted a podcast, How Wrong I Was. So keep your eyes and ears peeled for that in the new year, and rest assured I will be plugging it relentlessly to you as we get nearer to the publication date. So on with today's episode and something I haven't really either written or spoken much about but I think that lots of people probably have questions about this subject and that's electric cars. I've been wanting to chat to someone for a while now about this subject but as can often be the case with cars the only people I could find were a little bit, how do I say this, geeky? and would talk really excitedly about loads of really techie stuff that kind of bored me senseless. So luckily, I recently stumbled across James and Kate and their brilliant YouTube channel where they review electric cars in a very non-geeky, practical and entertaining fashion and promptly decided I had to get them on the show. So strap yourself in, grab a cuppa and listen in as we hopefully answer all your electric car questions. Enjoy. Hello, James and Kate, or Kate and James, I'm not sure which way around to say it. (laughs) How are you guys? We're really good, thank you. And it's James and Kate, we reckon. James and Kate, (laughs) alphabetical, we were saying earlier, weren't we? (laughs) Alphabetical. (laughs) Um, Fab, can you start off um, by introducing yourselves to everybody? Um, well, we're James and Kate, and we have primarily have a YouTube channel um, where we review electric cars, electric bikes, do a couple of other little bits and bobs. We're also on Twitter at Kate Phantom, um, where we do all sorts of things, including electric cars, but also other bits and bobs as well with eco-friendly themes. Yeah. And um, Facebook as well, loosely. A little bit. A little bit of Facebook, but mainly YouTube and Twitter. It's all about just moving people over to EVs or helping them make that transition. Right. We're going to dive into some of this terminology. 
because you've already said EVs. So some of the terminology that I've come across that people might have heard, and it all gets a bit confusing. I've heard EVs, I've heard ICE, I've heard hybrid, FEV, mild hybrid. Can you just run through some of them and tell us what they mean? Um, well, I'll, I'll make a start and then James, you can jump in. Okay. <laughs> um, so EV is fully electric vehicle. So no, no petrol, no diesel, just, just electric. Yeah. Um, you've got ICE, which stands for internal combustion engine, which can be petrol or diesel. So those are the traditional cars that we're all used to driving and seeing around. They are, yeah, they're the, the standard car that everybody knows, really. Mm-hmm. You've got the hybrid, which can be petrol or diesel, which then comes with a small battery, um, which can't be plugged in. Right. Hybrid. And then you have the PHEV, which is the same, really. It's um, it's a hybrid, but it's got a slightly bigger battery, but it can be plugged in. And you normally get around about 20 miles yeah. out of those. And then I'm going to let you take over at that point. Uh, it, it can get quite confusing. So you have, um, like Kate said, the hybrid. The, the hybrid basically is a petrol with a small battery. Mm-hmm. It, can, it runs on petrol. If you don't put petrol in it, it stops. Yeah. So, uh, PHEV, which allows you to run on both, mm-hmm. right? Um, you have a mild hybrid, which is basically uh, a normal hybrid. It's, it's it's just another way of saying hybrid. There's not any real big difference. Right. Um, you get a series hybrid, which is where the wheels are only driven by an electric motor, but the motor can be powered by either a battery or by a petrol or diesel engine or an internal combustion engine. But the, 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 the crux of it is EV electric vehicle, ice internal combustion yeah. and then a hybrid or plug-in hybrid is is really the four major ones. okay cool now we're going to talk a little bit about the sort of benefits and drawbacks of electric cars in general but talk to us about hybrids why why are there hybrids what are they they seem to kind of be are they the best of both worlds or the worst of both worlds how how does that work um, can I start that? Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> so um, hybrids are, they are better than just petrol or diesel, um, but they're, they're kind of mildly better. And there's a bit of an advertising campaign at the moment for self-charging hybrids, which has probably prompted quite a few people to have them because it's... So what's quite, a self-charging hybrid? Well, there, there isn't actually <laughs> a self-charging hybrid. It's uh, the, the way I just I, I explain it to people is if you don't put petrol in, it stops. It's as right. simple as that. So any electricity that goes into that battery comes from petrol. That's the only way to look at it. So, but it is a hybrid, and they are actually very nice to drive. They're they're better for the environment. They're better on fuel. So, marketed as a hybrid, yeah, it's it, it's kind of a stepping stone towards an electric vehicle. And but it gives people that freedom that they. Can can just put petrol in and they can just have that reliability of, of that infrastructure at the moment so can it run solely on electric at any point yes it can uh, but that's only electric that's been put in the battery from the engine so okay. it's all always got to keep that in the back of your mind that that electric's come from one place but it can at very low speeds on the type of hybrid i'm referring to anyway it, it, it can sort of move around car parks and things like yeah. that oh but okay you, but the idea is presumably that the battery improves engine efficiency and decreases fuel consumption and things like that and that's exactly what it does and it does it very well okay cool right um one of the reasons i specifically wanted to talk to you guys about electric cars was because i love i especially love no offense james but i love kate's reviews because they're so practical and down to earth and like i can fit the buggy in the back and look how the car seat fits in whereas i think quite a lot of the ev community 
um, you know, it's lots of early adopters, lots of uh, guys who get very excited about how many miles it does to the kilowatt hour and that kind of thing. Yeah. So I really wanted a really practical um, thing. So, yeah, so I'm really pleased to be talking to you guys. So what would you say are the benefits of electric cars? Um, there's lots and lots of benefits. I mean, I was I was talked into getting an electric car originally. And I think I, have to, I was really nervous about getting one. I was replacing a petrol car. Um, and I wouldn't go back. I mean, there's so many benefits. The the massive one is actually the cost, the cost of the fuel. Yeah. Um, we're spending what's about two p per mile, is it? Roughly? Okay. In, in the summer, two p. In the mile, summer. Yeah. Um, I mean, we have solar panels, so we also charge off the sun, which helps. Yeah. Um, but the cost to repair, the cost of tax of of road tax, it's free. So yeah. that's a massive benefit. The ease of driving. And I think particularly for me, you know, we're having a little one. It's, it's such a chill drive. It's such an easy drive. No gears, nothing really yeah. to think about. Um, the loss of wear on brakes. So sort of general repair on cars is, is lower and yeah. also eco-friendly. So yes. there's so many, so many benefits. Yeah. What's the main thing you think you love about them? Um, there's two things. I'd say the ease of the drive and the cost. Yeah. The cost of running it is, is a massive thing for us. So how much do you reckon you spend on kind of air quotes fuel now compared to what you were spending on petrol? Like a month or a year or I don't know how it's um, easy to quantify. James, what do you reckon? Um, usually uh, an EV, depending on how you fuel it, it runs runs at about 15% of the cost of an internal combustion car. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's a big, big difference. Big difference. Yeah. Yeah. I think people talk about the cost of electric vehicles being higher than internal combustion engine vehicles and that that is that is true they are they are more expensive but you save so much money once you've once you've bought one you definitely need that back so over the lifetime it probably works out or hopefully works out cheaper because as you say the the kind of um uh service costs and things or the are much less aren't they yes they are they are much less one of our evs actually which has done fifty-one thousand miles is is used less than 20 percent of its brake pads oh really yeah. yeah and so just just for those who aren't like massively um car geeky uh, in fifty thousand miles how would you have expected to have changed your brake pads i, I, I would have had at least one set by now oh okay one set yeah definitely oh, that's quite exciting <laughs> so um what are some of the drawbacks and is there anything you don't like there aren't massive drawbacks to be honest i think the range yeah. You are going to have a less range to a charge than you would from a tank of fuel. And there's, mm-hmm. there's no changing that at the moment. I mean, ranges are getting, the ranges on vehicles are getting much, much better. In the time we've been using electric vehicles, owning them, our first one did 85, 90 miles to a charge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now we've got one which does 220 to yeah. a charge. And you can buy them now, which do up to three, 350. Yeah. So I think that would be the only, the only drawback some people may see. The, a small drawback, perhaps, is a charging time. I think yeah. people see that as an inconvenience. Um, they think they're going to have to stop for hours to charge the car and they'll not be able to get anywhere quickly. But in reality, you stop for 10, 15 minutes, you top up, you get a coffee, you go to the loo, and by the time you're back at the car, you've charged. So there aren't really any drawbacks that I can personally think of. Apart from those. Apart the, from those. The, the, the thing is, as well, we, we charge at home. So we and one of our evs we charge once a week mm-hmm. so it, it's, it gets charged on a sunday night the other one gets charged once every four days so it's it's that easy it's, you sound it's like you've got your routine kind of off pat <laughs> yeah. how, how things work 
Well, well, yeah. Well, we're also quite lucky that we we get charging at work. So, oh, brilliant! Um, I mean, if we haven't, if we ha- didn't have that, we are charging is sorted. But we can charge at work, which makes it uh, very cost effective because it's free, <laughs> uh, but also very convenient as well. So, um, yeah, it's it's we we have no problems charging. We plug it in; it takes ten seconds to plug in and ten seconds to unplug. Yeah, and I think it is just that different mindset, isn't it? Of, um, yeah. like, because we've just got our first full EV and I'm already thinking oh well you know trying to plan ahead and thinking I'm going well we're going on a longer journey on Thursday so that means plugging it in overnight on Wednesday night but actually Mm. I think once you get your head around that sort of just making sure that if you've got a longer journey to do that you're going to have plenty in there by planning ahead a little bit it's touch wood hopefully going to work out I mean there's been times when I've forgotten oh okay in and then yeah. I've gone to get in the car and I've been supposed to be somewhere by a certain time and I've been late and but it's been so it's so rare isn't yeah. it that it's yeah. happened but um but yeah it does happen and some people worry about the availability of charges en route actually now you mm-hmm. mentioned that but when we first got our very first car which was a leaf the availability of charges was oh, so much worse than it is now and we managed to do some really long journeys yeah. with very little planning we we properly winged it oh yeah. did you yeah <laughs> was this before or after small person this was way before <laughs> it wouldn't have happened now now everything's much more structured so but yeah that was that that was our very first video so if you if you look on youtube at our channel our very first video is called winging it with a nissan leaf and if you want to see some hairy moments then they're definitely on there <laughs> so but we're much more organized now yeah. so you've got two you've got two evs now what have you got now so um, we've got a Tesla Model S, which we've had for three years, mm-hmm. and we've got an MG ZS EV. There's only two of those in, in the UK at the moment. Wow. Quite privileged to have one of those. <laughs> and and I, I, a lot of people have said it's Chinese, but it's absolutely brilliant. Oh, okay. And what's the range on both of those then? So our Model S will do, we've had 230 yeah. miles. That's, that's a stretch. Mm-hmm. Um, and the MG is about 155 so okay yeah it's a much smaller battery in the mg yeah and i think the thing to point out about range and range anxiety and things is that for the majority of us for our daily commute for work we're not talking about those hundreds of mile journeys you know most of us probably do like 30 miles each way tops so even if you had as you say a leaf with an 85 mile range you'll be fine because you'll be back home to charge up overnight yeah yeah, yeah. The, the other thing that a lot of people do say is, um, well, I go to Scotland twice a year or I go to France, I go to South of France. And oh, wow. we simply say to them, well, look, if, you, if you're not happy to do that in your EV, drive an EV for the whole of the year and then rent a car with a right. that you save by running an EV. It's, it's, it's just a no brainer. You save so much in fuel. You can afford to rent a car and drive down there and not worry if that, if that's, if that makes you feel better. And hopefully by the time you've driven it for a year, you're quite happy with um, kind of how, how the charging things work. So you do it anyway. Cool. So talk to us about charging because, um, you know, that at the moment it feels like the infrastructure isn't quite there in terms of everybody switching to, to electric cars. So how does it work, charging? Um. So if you if you want a home charger, mm-hmm. um, which is which is a really good really good thing to have if you can if you've got off road parking, yeah. you can get an OLEV grant, which stands for Government. Uh, sorry, it stands for Office of Low Emission Vehicles, um, and that is really really easy to get, isn't it? Um, 
Yeah, so, so for, for your home charger, basically, you just phone up a, a charge installer and they mm-hmm. will own the ground for you. Oh, okay. And then they'll just install it at your house. It's very, very simple. And yeah. Generally quite quick. Um, if you if you just had a quick search on Google, it would bring up a lot of, just put in OLED, they yeah. will bring up a lot of charge installers. So you said you've just got your, your first EV. Yeah. Have you got a charge installed? Yes, and I want to say it's a Zappy. Is that right? Oh, that's fantastic. We've we got a zappy. zappy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're going to be such EV geeks. Um, so my understanding, um, and I'm such a typical woman, my husband sorted all this out, but the, the, because we've got solar panels like you, it means that we can, um, the zappy's a bit kind of smart and it will charge the car when when, when we're, we would otherwise be exporting energy to the grid, is my understanding. That's- so I'm giving you a high five here. <laughs> that's absolutely brilliant. That's yeah. exactly what we've got it for. And, yeah. it, and it's been brilliant through the summer. The amount of free free yeah. energy we've got has been fantastic. But, yes, but, it's quite exciting seeing, because seeing, <laughs> um, uh, just trying to describe for people that the arrow, you have a little picture and there's arrows and it shows whether energy is coming from the grid or going to the grid. And it's quite frustrating if you've got solar panels to see those arrows going out to the grid. So you plug it in and suddenly yeah. you see it. <laughs> going into the car about this over the phone james will ring me up and say oh my goodness go home and plug something in quick <laughs> we're losing energy also for people who don't have solar panels um you there are providers out, out there which um they, they're 100 green energy so we're with a company called octopus um, yeah and they're, they're fantastic um so realistically they can't they can't give you confirm that all the energy drawn at your house is is clean but what yeah. they can do is they offset it yeah. so yeah so they can't there's no special wire going to your house yeah 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 but they do do a really good um uh economy seven tariff or an agile tariff we're on the economy seven and we charge for 5p a kilowatt hour so that's 5p for four miles so yeah. if you buy five by four it's very cheap per mile so yeah. uh, that, that's yeah, that's that's basically uh, that's basically what we do through the winter when there's not a lot of solar. So. Yes, yeah. And if we don't have off-road parking, does that rule out EVs for us? No, I don't think so. I think um, charging options are becoming much more readily available, aren't they? And yeah. if you've got a fast charger in your locality, you and if you like us, we're only charging once every four days. You could just nip up there and spend forty minutes at it once once every four days, and you can charge your car. So, I think it depends on location. I think where, where we live, we're we're a bit poor on charging. We are, aren't we? Yeah. So it would be more tricky where we live. But in, but also, you said you've got charging at work, so people have got charge points at work. Presumably, they can yeah, drive to work, plug in, charge up all day, and drive home exactly. again. And it's becoming more and more easy. So. I don't think it's a complete write-off. I think mm. it's tricky, but it's definitely not a write-off. And I think those options will become more and more available as the years go on. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a case of, of people trying it and realising that it works. Because I think we've been, for over 100 years, been used to using petrol and diesel yeah. and the convenience of it. Um, and now we've got to change. There's, there's no other option. We have yeah. to burn in fossil fuels at the rate that we're doing it. So people people need to try it and see that it does work, and they they, they sort of build a confidence. They start off very nervous, yeah. and then they build a confidence, and then it becomes normal. And then before you know it, they look back and think, "How have I not been doing this before?" It's that like any change, isn't it? Yeah, 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 definitely. Now I'm already I'm quite happy charging up at home, but I'm already 
quite confused about all the different apps there are to download and all the different um lots of them seem to want like a monthly subscription and things how how does that all work if we're going on a longer journey I'm gonna let you answer this one <laughs> James has much longer yeah. journeys than I do regularly yeah so uh, there are two uh, really good apps one's called ZapMap and one's called PlugShare um, and they will show you all the different types of chargers in the whole of the country and their availability whether they're available somebody's using it and what network it's on uh, the ZapMap and what was the second one uh, PlugShare PlugShare okay brilliant yeah. and but the thing with PlugShare if you're really desperate is it will even show you people's houses. So oh, really? <laughs> you could pull onto somebody's drive. And if somebody knocked on our door, we'd, we're quite happy to let them out if, if it got yeah. to where they were. Do people have to sign up to that, though, don't they, on Plugshare? They, yes. they don't just show everybody's houses no. who've got chargers. No, that's that's a good point. So, so, so I could, because we've got a charger on the drive, I could um, register that on there and then people would know that that's available if they want it. Yes. yes okay. Sure. Um, but there there are other um, options out there. So we are with a company called Polar. Uh -huh. Polar are very, very reliable and they've got really, really good coverage. Uh, it does cost, I think it's about £7 a month. But right. I've got to say, that's two cups of coffee at Starbucks. Yeah. I mean, that's that's nothing. So for, for knowing that wherever I go, I'll be able to plug in and charge. Um, so it, you it can only, if you're with Polar, you can only plug in and charge at Polar Chargers? Yes, uh, I'm not sure if you can use their card as an RFID card for other chargers, but Polar chargers are are just for Polar customers. Right. So, so you but, pay seven pounds a month, and then do you still pay for the electricity when you plug in? You do, but it's a, a much discounted rate. Right. Uh, if you there are new chargers coming along that you will be able to just use a credit card on, but that will be at a much higher rate. Whereas a Polar member will get it a lot a, a, a lot. Um, sorry. A Polar member will get it at a much cheaper rate. Okay. So, so they, those are coming in. They're very powerful charges. That we'll start to see them rolled out on actually BP petrol station forecourts. Oh, okay. So, so um, if and so if we've got if we're paying this seven pounds a month, then presumably we preferentially look for Polar charges rather than any other type of charger when we're out and about. Yes, uh, and, and the reason I say Polar is because they they are so reliable. I've never gone to a Polar charger and it's not been working ever uh, okay so and i use them a lot so, yeah. uh, <laughs> and and you said uh i think you said rfid card yes i did so uh <laughs> yeah it's basically like a little card that you uh, it's got a personal id on the card so you scan it against almost like a, a, a chip and pin you, you right. scan it, it recognizes a card and it knows where to bill you so it automatically re recognizes you and then it allows you to charge so where do you get one of them uh, so you, if you join Polar, you, right. when you sign up to them, they send you one through the post. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so that's Polar. Now, one of the ones that I've seen a lot when we're at service stations and things is Ecotricity. They seem to have lots of the ones at service stations. How, how does that, how do they work? Um, shall I answer that one as well? <laughs> <laughs> pretty, pretty well, but they, um, there's been a lot of, horror stories recently haven't there with them not working and right various other things and people turning up and them i don't know just not even being switched on yeah. oh so, god <laughs> yeah they're certainly having a few issues but again james you've done much longer distances haven't you and you've used these a lot more and been let down by them yeah so they really were the pioneers without ecotricity we wouldn't have been able to get anywhere because mm -hmm. they were the first to put rapid charges in 
Um, unfortunately, they've gone from being at the very top to being quite near the bottom now for reliability. Uh, and more frustratingly, you say that the service stations is exactly where people want them. Yes. Because they're the most unreliable. Actually, what they're doing is they're showing a lot of people that the infrastructure doesn't work. Yeah. If they were maybe taken over by somebody like Polar or another another charging company that are out there, Ionity, which are very reliable, then things would be very different. Very okay. Different. So they're, they're kind of hindering the uptake of EVs, uh, whereas once they were the forerunners. So yeah. A bit of a sad story there. Yeah, it's um, a real shame. Yeah. So presumably with either of those apps, with the um, ZapMap or PlugShare, um, you can you sort of um, almost filter it so it will only find polar chargers or only find free chargers or things like that? Yes, you can do exactly that. You can you can filter it uh, uh, across network provider, so Ecotricity, uh-huh. Instable, Ionity, Polar. Then you can filter it for the type of charger that you use. So your uh, what EV have you got? Did you say? Um, Enero, Kia Enero. Enero. So that's CCS. So that's the the new common plug that will be fitted to everything. Uh, so you'll be able to filter it for CCS, but there are some older types. There's AC and there's Chadamo as well, which is still in abundance. So you can filter it across the type of plug that you've got on your, your EV as well. So, so these are all different types of plugs that you use to, yeah. to connect your car to the charger. Yeah, but in, t- in 10 years, they'll only be CCS. Mm. Yeah. Okay. I think and confusing, isn't it? I think that's one thing if you're listening to this, it sounds... Like there's so many different things yeah. you've got to consider. And then yeah. people are thinking, oh God, I don't want to do it. But actually it's it's not that bad. It, no, I can do it. Is. And I've got baby brain. <laughs> <laughs> I think as you say, it's just that kind of um fear of the unknown thing. And actually once you've done it a couple of times, you're like, oh yeah, no, actually that's that's really easy. And once you've yeah. downloaded the app and had a play and all that sort of thing. So Theoretically, in the future, do you think it will be a scenario whereby we walk up to a forecourt, whether that's BP or Shell or, you know, um, Polar or someone like that, and and you just plug your car in, pay with your credit card and drive off in the way that we do for petrol at the moment? Well, that's kind of starting in some cities. In Dundee, they've got charging hubs, which work in a very sort of similar way, don't they? Yeah. So they've got um, rows of chargers. Um, so you can just turn up, you can just plug in and just pay mm. for it. And it's much, much simpler. And it's very similar to a, a petrol forecourt. Yeah, you, I almost feel like that's what it needs to end up being like, because that's, I guess that's what we're all used to. But it does get very confusing for people when there's so many different um, sort of companies to sign up for and that sort of thing, yeah. isn't it? We almost, it's fine for them all to be, supplying charges but it almost just needs to be um yeah. sort of um systemized just an easy way to everybody to just access it. it it would be nice if it was one plug and just contactless wouldn't it yes that, yeah because it's 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 almost that with petrol it's either petrol or diesel yeah um, contactless if you want it or or debit card it's it's very simple yeah yeah uh, but that is coming that is coming and uh, I, I think in not long probably in the next 12 months I think we'll see um, at least four providers which will do contactless if you want to use contactless but they will also allow you to have a subs- subscription service where you benefit from a cheaper rate yeah okay yeah so that makes much more sense to my head <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and how long so there's I hear people talk about um Fast charging and rapid charging. What's the difference between the two? Speed, obviously. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, well, we we on our Tesla we have a we can use supercharging, which is um, really really quick. So is that even faster than rapid charging? It, it is. It takes well. It takes from empty to full, 25, 30 minutes. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's, it's quite quick. About ninety percent in about thirty minutes. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then rapid and fast charging again. This is your forte. <laughs> so yeah. So. Our Tesla will charge it up to 120 kilowatts, which is very, very fast. Um, the most charges are about 50 kilowatts. So is that is that the home charges, or is these ones that we'll get? Um, the, these are sort of rapid, these are the rapids that we'll see out and about okay. on most road service areas. However, they are changing to 150 and even 350 kilowatts on the next generation. Wow! So what what your charge at home is generally about seven kilowatts. So it's it's a lot slower. Yeah. It doesn't matter because you're in bed. Mm. Yes. So mm. Yeah. It can be as slow as it likes when you're in bed. As long as it's full when you get up, it's... it's yes. Not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's... I mean, again, my physics is, is very poor, but I'm kind of... The way I envisage it is it's almost like, you know, the size of the the hose pipe, if you like, delivering the electricity gets, gets bigger so it can deliver it quicker. That's a very good analogy. Okay. That's exactly the way to look at it. You just have a bigger hose pipe just pause it in a bit more quickly exactly that yeah um so at the moment i i think cost is probably one of the things that's holding a lot of people back from changing over Mm -hmm. to ev as well as kind of availability of some of the newest models i said to you before we started recording we'd waited 10 months for for our kia e-nero so Mm -hmm. how much is the sort of cheapest ev cheapest evs you're looking at really are things like the imeve which is a really, really small electric car, um, does about 50, 50 miles. 50 worse. Yeah, worse um, but, and you can get one of those for around about £5,000. Oh, wow. The i the Citroen C0 and the Peugeot Y are basically all the same car, and they're yeah. all at the same cost, and they all do about the same miles. But we recently sold our Renault Zoe, which we, we loved, and um, but we sold that, and that um, went for 6500 so you okay. can Renault Zoe, which does around about 80, 85. Yeah. Um, and how, how old was that when you sold it? How old was 65 plate, wasn't yeah, it? It was so, 65 plate, yeah. So it was um, two, and, two and a bit, nearly three years old. Okay. And are there concerns with secondhand EVs with the battery life and longevity and things? There, there, there has been concerns, and rightly so, on some EVs. If you look at the initial uh, Nissan Leaf, the Gen 1 Nissan Leaf, they did suffer, especially in cold and hot climate, mm-hmm. climates. They really suffered badly. Um, the later battery technology has changed, so it's better. But the what you really need to consider is uh, so thermal management. So your E-Nero's got that, where is, it, it won't allow the temperature to, to get too hot, basically, right. when you're charging. Um, and all EVs come into the market now, except for the Nissan Leaf, unfortunately, um, which still doesn't have it, uh, have thermal management. So RMG has got it. The Renault Zoe's got a, a, a basic form of it, but it works very well. Yeah. Um, so that that's some of the that's some of the things that really affect batteries is is temperature very cold and very hot. So by having having thermal management, it manages it, it keeps it in a nice temperature range, and it looks after it, so it lasts longer. Yeah. Um, but, but a couple of facts for you: Tesla recently, I saw, said they think their batteries are going to last twenty seven years. Oh wow! 
Yeah, so that's quite incredible. And and that's going forward, you'll probably find that the longevity of uh, a lithium-ion battery pack, something in your e-Nero, will probably last, I would say, if it doesn't do over 10 to 15 years, I'd be very surprised. Mm-hmm. Very surprised. They're, they're, they're much more reliable than people think. Much yeah. more reliable. And I know, you'll, you'll know this better than me, but my understanding was that when things like the leaf and things first came out because of concerns about battery life and things people you bought the car and then leased the battery is that no longer really a thing it's not with nissan but it is with renault okay uh, but renault i don't think renault do it so much for the battery they do it to uh, bring down the initial purchase cost so if you're going to have the car for a year it's well worth leasing the battery because you don't buy the whole price you don't buy the cost of the car including the battery right um, but if you're going to keep the car for seven years it's worth buying it with the battery so okay give people a bit more flexibility on payments and it's the batteries that really pump the price up isn't it that are expensive uh yes it is but that that price has dropped considerably it's it's coming down at a, a huge rate of knots it's yeah it really is so so for something with a you know a reasonable range let's say i don't know 150 to 200 miles what might you expect to pay um, for a kind of standard family car. It's RMG. Well, yeah. And um, RMG was, it does 162. Yeah. And we paid 20, 20, 23 and a half. I can't remember. 23 and a half, 24. Yeah. <laughs> we only um, got into a couple of weeks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, and it sounds like a lot of money. It really does, doesn't yeah. it? But, you know, you, you do recoup that. To put that into perspective, um, the savings we worked out the savings and it will save us a fortune over having a a petrol fiesta i compared it against a 2001 petrol fiesta and the cost of fuel to run it is more expensive than buying a brand new mg oh really with tax and the fuel and the servicing and things like that did you have a spreadsheet (laughs) in his head (laughs) (laughs) i didn't have a spreadsheet but i did have a piece of paper that looked trying to convince your friends like we've we have convinced quite a lot of my friends actually to go electric and when we first got our electric car they all laughed at us and they were like oh you called it a milk float and they gradually all kind of come around to it and now we keep i keep getting messages off my friends going how much would this one be yeah let's value you and people are becoming more interested in realizing that the initial outlay is actually worth it so yeah it's just that change of mindset yeah and i think it's been quite noticeable just in the last maybe six months or a year but as you say, I've you know we've had friends who are thinking about replacing their cars and and are actually starting to look at EVs as an option rather than before mm-hmm. just going oh no it's not you know it's, it's too much hassle or I don't understand it or it's not worth it. They do seem to be coming much more of a a mainstream option for people. Yeah, yeah. Oh look, there goes the dog. <laughs> <laughs> Your little one's being very quiet. My dog's being very noisy. Um, <laughs> So, right, completely lost my train of thought now. Right, back onto batteries. We've talked about the sort of longevity of them and the fact that that's increasing all the time and, and the costs of them are coming down. I know a lot of people have concerns about the sustainability of lithium-ion batteries in terms of the mining of the metallic elements and all those sorts of things. What's the situation with that? Do you want to do that or do you want me to do No, that? I definitely want you to do that. <laughs> Which more physically physical okay. so yeah. it's it's very interesting when you see um you see a picture they usually you'll look at the paper and there'll be a small child in the middle mm. of Africa somewhere who's just been pulled out of a hole with a, a, a block of cobalt in his hand yeah and that's what we see 
quite often nowadays for for people who are anti-ev anyway yeah um but what most manufacturers do in fact nearly all manufacturers do is they they sustain their cobalt uh, sustainably so there are there are places that they can get it where it's it's not dug out of a hole in africa by a child right so, um but also what people forget is what cobalt is used on all the mobile phones and tablets mm. that everybody ever uses, but nobody ever seems to mention that. When people write on Twitter and they say, oh, my cobalt in that battery is huge, they don't realise that the device they're writing it on has got cobalt in the battery and yeah. and the previous six or seven phones that are probably in their kitchen drawer yeah. have got that much. The, the other thing that um, I'll add is that lithium-ion batteries are 99% recyclable. Yeah. Um, and because of the expense in the battery, they don't go to landfill. They, mm-hmm. No no car battery goes to landfill. It just doesn't happen. Yeah. But what do go to landfill are mobile phones and yes. tablets. So they are the ones who, they're the batteries that are going into landfill that we need to change. It's not the cars. It's yeah. definitely, definitely not the cars. Yeah, I think that's a really interesting argument. And it's a, it's a point I've sort of made before is, as you say, everybody or one of the concerns or one of the arguments that people have against EVs is, is the batteries. And, but actually just sort of gently pointing out, nobody's giving up, nobody's giving up their mobile phones in a hurry or switching over to fair phones that are all sustainably sourced and that sort of thing. So um, I think we do need to, to just bear that in mind. And did I read somewhere that um, batteries that are sort of, um, no longer maintaining a sort of full charge for car driving, they then get sort of second lives as um, batteries for energy storage for things like wind farms and solar farms and things. You did read that. That's that's very true. The, the When a battery becomes unsustainable for a car, it still has a huge amount of density in it, which is perfect for home storage, grid storage. Um, sometimes what they'll do... Don't worry, ignore her. <laughs> sometimes what they'll do is um they'll put uh, old batteries next to a charger which yeah. can, can be charged up at a slower rate and then a car can come along and sap the power out of them very quickly oh okay uh, so yeah it, they'll do that so, and it allows grid balancing as well um but another point i just before it uh, goes out of my mind is tesla's next generation of batteries will have zero cobalt oh okay so yeah. so that cobalt argument will disappear yeah good and also um another another did i read um presumably as you say because there's there's these precious metals and these resources these expensive resources in the batteries is there an um a mechanism to recover those metals and recycle them there there is the the thing is um a, a lot of companies said okay well the batteries are going to fail at this point mm-hmm. and then actually what happened was they didn't fail yeah. to last longer um so the recycling of car batteries isn't really such a thing at the moment it's more that they just take them and use them as grid storage right they're very useful there yeah um, but that that is something that's coming online and like i said 99 percent of the battery can be, can be recycled so it's it when it does happen it's not people have this image that there's we're going to be tipping batteries into a yeah. hole and then, you know covering it over and putting some trees on it that's yeah. that's that's never going to happen never. yeah yeah and um, you talked a little bit there about grid balancing, and this might be getting really geeky, but um, we had some people come round and um, talk to us about having a battery because we've got our solar panels, and the, and there's a mechanism now, or this company came round and they said basically to do with balancing the grid, and they can 
you know, when, when our solar panels are producing, it will go to the battery. And then when the grid needs energy, they can take it from our battery. And it all was a bit kind of like um, mind blowing for someone like me. But um, they were also saying that, you know, as more and more people have electric vehicles, you've basically got this massive battery sat on your drive and that that ultimately would be a really useful resource in terms of balancing out the energy needs of the grid as people come home and switch lights on and things like that. Yes. Yeah, that's that, that's very true. So the reaction time of a battery is nanoseconds. Mm. When you demand it, it's there. Whereas uh, if you need another source like a gas turbine, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it takes a while. So having energy storage like that is is great. And if you can if you can bring them all together, yeah. so you've got them on a a, a grid or or a device that can control them. Mm. You, you can balance out the grid very well and by balancing out the grid and having that that energy capable there to to use as and when you need it it means the demand on fossil fuels which is always going down is yeah. is lowered even further so that's that's another good thing about batteries is is that they have that you can put the energy in and take it back out and put it back in and take it back out umpteen times and uh, so so yeah definitely definitely that's that's something that's that's coming on and it's it, Sorry, you're going to say something. Wasn't there a study? <laughs> they weren't they asking people to be involved in a study? Somebody was. I think it's Zappy. I think the people who make Zappy are doing some kind of study at the moment. Yes. And yes. I think that at the moment they're gathering the sort of normal data and then they want to get you plugging things in and doing things at different times, I think. Yeah, they did a demonstration because we went to the Zappy launch for the Zappy 2 and they were showing how if they had oh, 10,000 yes. Zappies charging, that they could actually lower the charge rate if need be, so the demand could be sent somewhere else. And That's right. Step that back up. So you've got that incredibly clever bloke who works for them. And I can't remember his name. <laughs> very good at physics. Mr. Very clever bloke. Yeah. <laughs> he did a very, very in-depth yeah. demonstration, which yes, I think yeah. James understood better than me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it all looked very good. Yeah. It no, it's, it's kind there. of mind-blowing the the yeah. way that um, people are because obviously as more people start to use EVs and as we start to change overheating systems and things the demand on the grid for electricity is is going to go up and we need that mm. to be clean electricity so yeah. it's really interesting that these um these things are sort of developing in parallel at the same time definitely, definitely. cool now one question I'm really curious to know is how many different types of EV have you guys driven I've <laughs> put you on the spot I don't even know how many videos we've got on YouTube that would give us an idea wouldn't it I think you've driven more than me I think. Possibly. Um, I don't know. It's a lot. A lot. <laughs> a lot. Yeah. I think the only way I could answer that would be literally by going on our YouTube yeah. and counting. Yeah. But too many to count we've, because we've driven a lot of hybrids, the self-charging hybrids, PHEVs. Yeah. You've done some bikes. Yeah, motorbikes. We've done pretty much every electric car that's come out that we can get our hands on. Yeah. Been a and do you, just, do you just ring them up and go, we've got a YouTube channel, we'd love to review your car, and they go, here you go. Um, we 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 used to do that. Yeah. Now we have people who. Oh have, really? Yeah. So it's it's changed just more recently. Um, so we we're picking up a motorbike this weekend, um, which is our wedding anniversary. <laughs> 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 um, First wedding. It's, it's it's an amazing electric motorbike. It's fantastic, and and people are people come to us and they say, look, do you want to review this and put it on your channel? And they want the publicity from. Yeah, them. yeah, yeah. It helps us. It helps them. So, you know, you've made it when they're coming to you. We yeah, also used to borrow a lot of cars, didn't we? Of yeah. people, we wait for people to get them, then we'd be like, could we just borrow your car? <laughs> yes, <yeah. laughs> 
we do yeah. a swap for one of ours or something for a few days yeah. and we, we, we're taught that we say do you want to borrow a tesla <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah so would you ever go back to a traditional internal combustion engine car now not a chance not not a chance honestly when james first convinced me i didn't think it was going to last long and now we're what six years in and seven, seven years seven. in and I, I couldn't imagine having to listen to the noise of an internal combustion car having to change gear <laughs> I've been yeah. like go to a petrol. I can't even remember the last time I've been to a petrol station. So yeah, no, absolutely not. There's and that's really interesting. The um, that was one of the things that really stood out for me was that ease of drive, the smoothness, the quietness. The for some reason it hadn't occurred to me that I wouldn't that it would be automatic and that I wouldn't need to change gear. But with um, traditional automatics, I didn't. I don't particularly like them because you they feel quite sluggish to me and quite kind of. Yeah. Yes. You know, but but you get none of that. It's just completely smooth, isn't it? Well, that was a great impression. impression. <laughs> <laughs> I'm quite pleased with that. <laughs> but they are, and I just I think you know we've got Florence, and I, if I do a long journey somewhere with Florence, often to my dad's, which is about 100 miles, I want her to go to sleep, and she just goes to sleep. It's just yeah. nice, you know, yeah. if, I, if I time it right and it's smooth and comfortable, mm. and, yeah. and as long as you've got a car where you know you can do a decent range and it's just lovely it's just so the kids that. don't miss out on that whole kind of white noise thing of the engine and not good no, not at all no. oh, good. The thing is, she still wakes up when you stop the car though oh really yeah, yeah which is really weird isn't it and you can be driving incredibly slowly and she'll stay asleep but as soon as you, the car stops before <laughs> stop, she wakes up really but you don't feel quite so guilty about doing laps around the bypass or laps around the block <laughs> to keep her asleep <laughs> it's very true but no, <laughs> we would never go back would we I, I'm, I'm the same I, I could never go back to internal combustion and, and for a lot of the reasons uh, the, the pollution is the big one for me I, I mean yeah. cost is important but the the pollution from a, a diesel and, mm. and sitting outside of school I see people sat outside schools with the engines running and, oh yeah uh, yeah. yeah and that, that that concerns me that concerns me because yeah. the environment the environmental health impact there is is, is bad so there are literally no emissions out of the back. Like um, with traditional cars, you've obviously got, um, you know, there's nitrous oxide and stuff like that as well. There is literally yeah. nothing coming out of the back. Uh, there's nothing coming out of the back. Actually, actually, the only stuff you would you would kick up would be the particulates off the road that the internal combustion cars have dropped. Mm. Right. So, yeah, yeah, it's, it's a lot of people don't realise that they're diesel, which they say does 75 miles to the gallon and it only emits this much. It's, it's completely wrong. Uh, but when they're cold, none of the emission system works. It has to be at exactly the right temperature. Right. Yeah, it's optimum. So when they do a two-mile journey to school and then they sit outside the school, the engine's running. Yeah. Actually, they're just pumping out really, really bad stuff. Mm. And, and unfortunately, it's the kids that are suffering from that. Yeah, and the kids are all walking past, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and the kids are generally quite small, so they're about the right height <laughs> for the exhaust pipe. That is all tight, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's horrendous. So. I think you do become more aware of it as well. I think yeah. that's like if you if you know if you, you know someone who was ever a smoker and they stopped smoking, they, mm. very, they hate that smell of smoke. Yeah. And I think yeah. we're the same now. We smell yeah. diesel and we're like, eh, quick, you know, shut the windows. And, yeah. And it just smells worse than it ever did. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And just quickly before we finish, actually, in terms of the, you know, the quietness, I know that's something that some people worry about in terms of road safety and things. Mm. There's a law coming, isn't there, that under 30 miles an hour, cars, electric cars have to make a noise. Is that right? Is it under 30? I thought it was 15. Oh, it might be 15. Yeah, I thought it was 14. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> but under a certain speed, yes. Yeah. So, um, and the, 
thing is actually uh, cars sound the same at about 12 miles an hour right there's no difference really in the noise so you don't oh, okay. hear, you hear tire noise wind yeah noise. yeah yeah but below that so you do sometimes have to be quite careful when you're maneuvering around uh your car parks and things yeah. like that especially with people with mobile phones and yes. earphones okay. yeah when they say the electric device the electric a component or device that's going to kill somebody is probably going to be a phone. Phone, yeah, 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 yeah. And um, I can't. I don't know whether this is a good thing or whether it's like embarrassing. But our new car, the Kia e Nero, when you reverse, it beeps like a lorry. It's not as loud as a lorry, but it does beep to let people know that it's coming. And it's like, oh no. Can Did you have that on ours when I, we borrowed one? I don't. I don't remember that. Is that no. that must be a new thing? Can you turn? Yeah, that it's quite embarrassing. No, I, well, I was like, yeah. I said, to, I said, can we turn it off? Can we turn it off? But we haven't worked out. How to do that. I'm a terrible reverser, and I'm just like, I do not want anybody watching me. No. I don't want to draw attention to the fact that I'm cocking up the reverse parking. Yeah. <laughs> oh, um. So, what's the the best bit of advice to finish on that you've got for someone who's thinking? They need to replace their car and they're wondering whether an EV is for them. Go and drive one. If you can go and find one that you, you're keen on, just go and drive it. Yeah. Um, I mean, you can go to pretty much any garage now, can't you? Yeah. And then try an electric car of, of one brand or another. The other way to do it is, is secondhand companies. There's so many um, electric cars now springing up in secondhand garages and people who specialise just in electric cars. One, um, one in particular that we know who's one in particular. a great guy I was is just going there. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one in particular who is a very great guy, Jonathan Porterfield, who actually enabled us to test drive um, one of the very first electric cars that we test drove. Um, he has a company called Eco Cars. Um, so it's eco-cars.net. Yes. Okay. And if you go on his, his website, he buys and sells electric vehicles and he'll source them for you through auction and various other ways. Yeah. It's using really good prices, but he will also enable you to test drive one if he absolutely can. Oh, brilliant. So, so yeah, go and drive one. But the other thing to do is use social media. So go on Twitter, go on YouTube. There's so many, so many people doing reviews on electric cars. Yeah. Unbelievable. And so much going on on Twitter. Yeah. so and lo- most people in the EV community are really really friendly which we've learned and yeah. if you have any questions you can pretty much direct them to anybody who's already got an electric car and they'll answer them for you cool so, and yeah. why this might be a bit of an unfair question because you might not know but we had to wait 10 months for for ours and I and somebody said to me the other day the waiting list is now 18 months why why is there this because it's frustrating isn't it people feel it feels like people are finally ready to go oh yeah actually I'm going to get an EV but nobody wants to wait course nobody wants to wait 10 months or 18 months for a car why is there this big lag okay so what kia will like you to believe is there's a shortage of batteries <laughs> right but that's not actually the case what the problem is is that the the, the car that you've brought is so good that <laughs> it would start to encroach on the sales of the diesel and petrol cars oh. now the problem the problem is they make more money on their petrol and diesel cars. They make yeah. more money on the electric cars. So they want to sell more internal combustion cars. So they are restricting the numbers. If you look at the numbers of cars that they make, they, I think they make about 22,000 e-Neros and Konas a year. Yeah. But they go to all the markets. It's not just the UK. It's yeah. all over the world that they sell those. Um, but there are other companies out there who are doing a much better job. If you look at the likes of Tesla... Yeah. Tesla are largely outselling a lot of major players, BMW, Mercedes, 
in America, in Germany, in a lot of um, European countries. Um, also, uh, MG are owned by a Chinese company called Psyche, and they produced 150,000 EVs last year, and this year they'll produce 300,000. Wow. So there are some seriously big numbers. And what that should do is that should start to push the other people, to the other manufacturers yeah. to start pulling their finger out. Yeah, that's quite interesting, actually, because um, when we went to the Kia garage, Ben had done loads of research and he he basically knew more than the salesperson about the car. Yeah. Um, and they're kind of selling themselves. But the salespeople work on commission, don't they? And, and I think their commission isn't as good on the EVs because they can't upsell the service packages and all those sorts of things. Right. So it almost needs the the industry itself to restructure the way it um the way people are paid for selling them and all that sort of thing as well to, so that they're incentivized to actually get more EVs shifted. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely right. Cuz I think that's absolutely. always been the way from the day we started looking. Yeah. Um we we always found that every every garage we've been into we seem to know more. Yeah. And, and and it's not changed it's such a shame it really yeah is. and one thing we didn't touch on was the the government at the moment there's a three and a half grand um sort of grant that they give to encourage people to buy evs isn't there but i think i heard that that might be going in their progressive environmentally friendly policies yeah the um the, it, it will go ultimately i mean they yeah. can't sustain that forever but the the rate of uptake now is is growing very quickly um and it's i think we're at the point now where actually if they do another six months they're going to be well out of pocket oh so, really but yeah they've got to tread carefully because people are looking at it again but actually it's three thousand five hundred pound off um mg on the the car we bought put another three thousand five hundred in so we got seven grand off the oh total. wow so yeah so people are just buying it and the government have got a government have got to stomp up that money so um, once once the uptake starts to flow, it will keep flowing. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. Well, where can we come and find you online? Um, so YouTube, if you search for James and Kate. Yeah. Um, we're on Twitter at Kate Phantom, and, and that's Phantom with an F, isn't it? Facebook. Yeah, Phantom, Phantom with an F. So yes, yeah. F A N for November T O M for Mother. Brilliant. Yeah. And um, so I'll post all those links in the show notes for people to come and have a look, and they can come and watch some of your reviews which as I say I just I just really enjoy them they're just nice to sit and watch and feel very relatable and not too kind of geeky which I think is perfect oh is, thank is, you is there any of our videos with me in it that you like <laughs> <laughs> I see all of them but <laughs> I think Kate's got a really good niche there because you know there are um obviously women that drive cars and 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 I don't I haven't seen many reviews done by you know mum's trying to fit buggies in the back so I just think it's um it's so important isn't it that's like the actual real life scenario yeah 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 when we when we were buying our car before this one it was like well can we fit three car seats across the back because yeah. you know what if one of the kids needs a has a friend coming home or something like that and you know or can I fit my bum in the middle when two car seats are either yeah. side and that's and you know what that is a real issue mm. with one car seat if you try and fit two adults in the back with a car seat it's tricky it's quite, yeah, yeah, yeah. You wish you'd eaten less Kit Kats. Yes. <laughs> RMG, actually, it was, we had to put the running buggy in it. And if it didn't fit, we weren't having it. Yeah. It was, 
down to that because we we go running a lot with Florence. Uh, we probably go every week uh, over the weekend, and, and if it didn't go in, it just it was it a no, no goer. Yeah, yeah. I remember doing that when when the kids were little, going around looking for cars and taking the buggy with us, and like, will this fit? No. Okay. How many wheels do we have to take off to get this to fit? Yes. And that kind of yeah. <laughs> Cool. Well, thank you ever so much. That's been, um, you've answered lots of my questions about charging when we're out and about and things and um, and hopefully answered lots of people's questions in general about electric cars. So, um, yeah, I think it's it's really encouraging seeing how quickly the uptake is growing. Well, thank you very much. We hope so. And direct anybody to in our way, you know, our way on Twitter who wants to ask any questions. Yeah, definitely. been listening to Sustainable-ish, you wonderful sack of loveliness, with me, Jen Gale. Hopefully we've fired some neurons and we've got the old grey matter thinking about what changes you can make in your life this week to live that little bit more sustainably. Do let me know what that is. I love to hear about the changes that people are making, big or small, every single one counts. If you've enjoyed the show, and I hope you have, do hop over to iTunes to leave a comment or a review and then the bots at iTunes will cotton on to just how awesome it is and it will show up in more people's feeds. Or at least I think that's how it works. Thanks so much for listening. I will catch you next time. Bye.